What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. I, my name is Scott. I'm here not at the Last American Vagabond Studios. I'm here at Courtney Turner's fantastic studio set up here. Like, you guys don't even know. Like, she just is. She's just full-blown here. And it's even getting better. Like, when I showed up here, she has a package sitting on her door. And, like, she's like, oh, these are all my new studio equipment, too. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. So, I'm over here just like, okay. This is, this is cool. This is cool. So, you guys, Courtney, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay, great, yeah. great, great, great. So, this episode is a long time in the making. Yeah. You know, you made a post a few, well, gosh, maybe a month ago at this yeah. point. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we got to get into this about like the history of Marxism and how that like there's like this chain of command almost from like mm -hmm. the original Bavarian Illuminati to like today. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, we need to unpack this. So she's, yeah. as, I don't know if you guys can see, she's got her notes and research. And I, I do. I kind of went down. Like, oh, pull your microphone a little bit closer. Oh, so these are. There we go. Now we're here. And then. I've got a bunch of books. So this one I have not read yet. This probably would have been really helpful for today. Nice. Um, what is but that? It's called The Code of the Illuminati. And uh, it's been said that Jefferson actually used it to reference uh, okay. the conspiracies. Um, and then this one, George Washington used to reference the Illuminati and warn about the Illuminati. Okay. Yeah. I knew about that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. Wow. That's really cool. Proofs of a conspiracy. Wow. Nice. I've yeah, seen some of those letters. I'm, yeah, so I'm like halfway through this one, Proofs of a Conspiracy. Nice. And then these two were also pretty relevant, I thought. Uh, Marx and Satan. Ooh. So for those who don't know, Marx was a like avowed Satanist. Really? Yes. Did not know that. And the devil and Karl Marx. Yeah, so very interesting because when I started diving into Marxism, it was kind of through like the Frankfurt School. Okay. You know, the cultural Marxist. Um, because my background's philosophy. So that was kind of my foray. Okay, we're gonna have to get into all that because I don't okay. I mean I know the Frankfurt school per se, but I don't I don't even know like necessarily what that means. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna get into all of it. Um, I wanted to pull up a couple things here. So um, well, let me say this first before we get too far into it. This is a good habit to be get into. Um, so anybody that may be new. Here's how you follow and support the show right here, right? So this is Rebunk.News. You guys sign up, please. Make sure you get enter your email address so that you know uh, when we go live, get notifications. We got the Gibson Go, and we got the T-shirt shop. All right, so this is the T-shirt shop, you guys. I got a couple new designs. I got the so this is a listener. A listener submitted this one. It's uh, pretty funny here. It's uh, it's just COVID <laughs> with with the Kool Aid Man, right? So all the people that drink the Kool Aid, I thought it was funny. Yeah. So. Uh, shout out to Lisa Rigglebug, Lisa Rigglebug for the assist on that one. And this is at rebunk.news forward slash shirts. And then this one, everyone's heard this and seen this, but I kind of did my own twist and added it there because I wanted this shirt for a Halloween costume that I'm doing this weekend. Mm -hmm. And so I said, I, I called my t-shirt guy, Ryan over at big frog t-shirts. I'm like, Ryan, can you make this shirt? And he's like, yes, so he did. He sent me one. I just got it yesterday. In fact, I should have worn it tonight. What was I thinking? But anyway, it says got any new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. You've seen other people make that shirt. So I don't feel like it's anybody's intellectual property. So I'm like, fine, yeah, we're, we're using that. Uh, we got several other designs. So uh, rebunk.news forward slash forward slash shirts. Them, but I can always come up with more. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So uh, just, yeah, make sure you follow, uh, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. We've got the subscribe star, subscribe star.com forward slash rebunk. And then all the, uh, 
Oh, here's one of the things I haven't done yet too. So on all my social medias, I need to shout this out. I changed all the, the at signs to rebunk news, not rebunked pod, but I haven't updated the website. So if you're trying to find the social medias on the website, I haven't updated that yet. So find me everywhere at rebunked news. There you go. All right, let's get into it, Courtney. You ready to do this? All right, let's do it. Okay, okay. So, um, oh man, I should have pulled up that original, your original uh, post here. So we oh, can yeah. use this as a kind of like a field reference here. Totally. So like in the... Notes. In the meantime, what's new with you? Is there anything new going on in your world? Hmm, what is new in my world? Not a whole lot. I mean, you know, we, well, I guess that's not really true. There's a lot, going, a lot going on. There's a lot yeah. going on. Um, yeah, you know, preparing for all sorts of events and projects. And yeah, yeah. And we did the one, it was two weeks ago now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the one with Jay Dyer, right? Yeah. That was your event. Like, how, what, were your, what were some of your takeaways from that? I thought it was great. I yeah. thought it went really well. Yeah. And I was really psyched that like, you know, that the overlap worked really well. Mm -hmm. You know, people seem to really appreciate both, uh, both perspectives. Um, I feel like, you know, maybe I would have done mine afterwards in the future, but okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it was a great, it was an honor to be able to hear your story. I mean, I knew a little bit about it, but it was really cool to hear like oh. your story of just overcoming so much in your life. You know, I feel like that's uh, something that everybody could learn from. So if you guys come to more of our events, you're going to see, more of uh hear more of her story and then also be able to see her perform her aerial show which was yeah. pretty awesome so that was the guy yeah it was super fun to me watching i was like that just looks like fun like it's i so i want to do that like <laughs> how, man how, how how did you first get into that um it was when i was trying out for american door oh yeah, yeah, yeah i was training for that and i have very small hands mm -hmm. so a lot of ninja warriors about grip strength so if you have less surface area, you're going to have to compensate with more strength. It requires a lot of strength anyway, a lot of grip strength. Uh, but because my hands are so small, you know, I needed to build that much more strength to compensate. And I thought that silks would be a really fun way to train my grip. And okay. So I started taking silks. And That's cool. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, so I don't know. So yeah, you guys are gonna have to come out and, and check it out. So tentatively, like mid January right now, like January fourteenth, possibly. I think yeah. is kind of the date that we're shooting for. Yes. Uh, in Nashville, if you're in or around the Nashville area, come out because yeah. it's gonna be a big deal. We're we're locking in, confirming acts. It's gonna be musical speakers. Like it's gonna be kind of a big deal. Yeah. Brought to you by like you know large things. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So just keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Okay. That's that's the idea. Fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. Fun. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the idea. Well, I don't know. Let's, let's keep teasing it for a little bit, yep. but, uh, let me see, let me pull this up here real quick. So this is the original post that, uh, Courtney had, um, back in her Twitter days, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twitter is not a fan of me. No. What, yeah. what was the, what was the post that got you taken down? Do you remember? I, yeah, I do. I was actually, I was responding to Monica Perez and it was about polio. Oh, and I uh, tagged a, a tweet from Sebastian Powell, who I've had on my podcast twice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they told me that it was COVID misinformation. And I appealed saying I was not talking about COVID at all. I was talking about polio, mm -hmm. but not even the same stratosphere, but they didn't really care. They no. said that they denied my appeal. Well, what, they, what it is, they know that the polio argument, the polio case, like if people were to look into the polio situation, yeah. they would understand that the COVID situation is a hoax too. I mean, the whole mm -hmm. polio situation is just a, a, a shit show. 
totally. that they've completely co-opted the narrative. And it's like, it's one of the ones that's like almost easiest to poke the holes in because everybody who is pro vaccine, like traditional vaccines, they always immediately go to the polio thing. They're always like, well, it cured polio. It's like, no, 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 no. Hold on just a sec. Hold on just a sec. Right. Like, let's look at the timeline of when it was introduced versus the cases, right. Just that alone. Or, or all these new diseases with the exact same symptoms that emerged right around the same time that polio supposedly got eradicated. No one wants to talk about that. Yeah, or the outbreaks that <laughs> yeah. happened with the vaccine. Yes, all the polio in the world today is from Bill Gates's like live polio vaccine, right? Pretty much. Pretty, pretty much. Part, pretty yeah. much. Part. Yeah. So no one wants to have those conversations. But if you understand that stuff, then it's you can. Really hard not to have kind of a critical eye on what's going on now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so this is this is Courtney's original post, and uh, it's kind of a, a back engineering of the Communist Manifesto back to its dubious origins. And for those of you just listening, it says in 19... Well, you want to read it? Sure. Okay. In 1948. For some reason, for some reason, and I'm just going to say, I don't know what it is, is that like, yeah. I don't know if it's my roadcaster or what, but it's very aggressive and only picking up like right yeah, in front of it directly yeah i mean you have to be right on it so hang on let me see if i can just adjust it a little bit more okay in 1948 marx published his communist manifesto which he was writing from 1830 to 1847 from Engels' draft of an extension of Engels' confessions of a communist hmm. which borrowed very heavily from clinton roosevelt who by the way was a distant cousin of President Roosevelt, the science of government founded on natural law, which echoed the philosophies of Johann Adam Weishaupt. Mm. So we'll get to that, but Adam Weishaupt, he's known as Adam, or Spartacus as he labeled himself, was the official formulator of the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. Commissioned by the Communist League in London, the League was formally known as the League of the Just, or League of Just Men, which was an offshoot of the Parisian Outlaws League, which evolved from the Jacobin movement founded by the Illuminati. Well, there you go. So this is all Illuminati confirmed, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, where do you want to start? You want to start all the way back at the Illuminati stuff and yeah. work our way forward? I, I guess okay. So, I guess so, you know, this is when you're, once you start researching these topics, like everybody's heard of the Illuminati, right? It's like, it's almost like a hacky these days. It's like, Oh, Illuminati. Right. But what most people don't know is there actually was an Illuminati. Yeah. 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 Tell us a little bit about yeah, the original. There was actually an Illuminati. Okay. And it was uh, formulated, as I was saying, by uh, Adam Weishaupt. And I didn't actually know his first name is Johan. I didn't know mm -hmm. that until I started researching this. Yeah. I've always heard Adam Weishaupt. But, mm -hmm. uh, and he formulated it in May 1st, 1776. Which, interesting right i you know i mean we could just say it's a coincidence although i don't know how much i believe in coincidences these days but uh but it's very interesting that that's the same year right just yeah. before our declaration of independence yeah in july 1776 yeah what is that do you have any like do you have any guesses or have you come across anything that kind of has a, yeah. a theory as to why like why that synchronization there yeah well i i very much have a Okay, was there? Right? I mean, so you know, they were trying to create a new world order. This this concept of a new world order is not new at all, um, and I, I would argue it goes way before the Illuminati. But we we can certainly trace it to uh, Bebeff, who was very who very heavily influenced Adam Weishaupt, actually, um, and uh, certainly you know the Illuminati talks about the new world order, but. 
Yeah. So in order to make this new world order, they had to destroy all uh, religions and governments. Mm. They wanted to overthrow all the religions and governments of the world to supplant them, to create their own, you know, world domination government and world domination religion. Uh, and their religion was essentially the, uh, the counter religion to, you know, a Judeo Christian type mm. uh, worldview. Interesting. Well, I mean, okay. So do you think that the American, what was happening in America at the same time, was that in, in unison with that, do you think, or was that in opposition to that, or or was the 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 creation of the Illuminati in opposition to what was happening here, in America? Here's my theory, and this is really connecting dots. Mm. But it, so I will just preface by saying I'm sure. connecting dots here. Uh, a lot of our founders were Masons, mm -hmm. and the uh, Adam Weishaupt actually he really wanted to be a Mason. Then he decided that the Masonry wasn't quite what he was looking for. That's when he created the Illuminati. But in creating the Illuminati, he was having trouble with uh, expanding it, uh, largely due to his not so agreeable personality mm. uh, <laughs> and also financial reasons. Uh, there, There is some and I haven't found the concrete uh, affirmation of this, but there's a lot of referencing saying that uh, Rothschilds very heavily funded him and funded the Illuminati, which would align. That makes sense. I just mm -hmm. haven't found it. You know, I found sure. a lot of people referencing it. So I. So don't take that as, you know, direct kind of uh, face value. But uh, <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people referencing that. Um, but so a lot of our founders were actually Masons. Totally. I've been inside a Masonic Lodge, actually. Mm -hmm. I've been, and it was, I was working for a nonprofit back in, this would have been like 2018, 19 or something like that. And, uh, you know, I've been looking into these things for a long time, right? Yeah. And and, uh, and our boss was like, hey, we need someone to go give a presentation at the Freemason Lodge. And I'm just like, I'll do it. Totally. So they brought us in and, you know, they served us dinner and I gave a presentation about this nonprofit and trying to get some donations from them and stuff. Oh. And you walk in and it's like, you know, they have all their art on the walls and it was like, mm -hmm. Oh, there's a painting of George Washington in his like little outfit, you know, with an apron and all that stuff. And there was a few others too. And they, they were very proud of all their founding fathers, you know, being, you know, Freemasons. So Freemason. it was interesting. I was like, and I knew that, but it was like, I thought it was a little more esoteric than that, but no, that's very that's out, in the right open. out in the open. Yep, they're open about it. Very so, much so. So very interesting. So I think, so this is my speculation from what I've gathered from the research, is that I think there was a lot of infiltration. So I I think just like just like we're kind of seeing today, you know, there's the the good guys, the bad guys, right? Mm -hmm. Uh and I think that there was I, I do think that some of it was illuminist influence mm. actually and i think when you start to look through the documents it's you can see that it's not as uh i think it's the will of the american people that have really brought about the the freedom type uh you know in from a perspective of free will you know a judeo-christian type free will sure. kind of perspective i don't think it's necessarily so much that it was a hundred percent intended I, I think some of them did, mm -hmm. but I, I think there was there was a little bit of a battle there. Mm. And I also think that there may have been a battle within the the Masons and the Illuminists. Now, didn't didn't like the the Illuminati people kind of infiltrate the Freemason lodges? Wasn't that yes. part of the deal? Like they kind of just trickled in and kind of took over to some degree. Is yeah. that kind of the, so, how the story goes? It was with the help of uh, I, I'm trying to remember. It was the Baron who helped. Uh, 
vice off with it. Uh, Aaron Rothschild. <laughs> it wasn't. I, I'm pretty sure that he did help him financially. Sure. Yeah. And the, like, the big, the big conspiracy bingo game, like Rothschild, Illuminati. Nathan like Rothschild. now we're talking. Well, and Nathan Rothschild, they he did uh, fund Karl Marx. Okay. Uh, I, apparently, like a check from Nathan Rothschild was in like the British Museum. Sure. Uh, to Karl Marx, so that mm. we do have some concrete evidence to support uh but that 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 is the theory that you know he was uh funded and I, i'm trying to remember it was a baron and uh then somebody else who was pretty influential i'll find it um but because he was having trouble expanding the you know through so he kind of he infiltrated the uh the freemasons so adam vice off with and he he proposed to the, he joined the masonry uh, and then he basically, it was in 1777. Okay. So right after he created, he for, officially formulated the Illuminati, he, a year later, joins the Masons. Was he like trying to recruit people or That's infiltrate? That's exactly it. He yeah. was both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was both. Yeah. And so he presented to them that he was a very pure Masonic kind of uh, a group. Mm -hmm. Because there was already so many different groups and factions within Masonry. So it was just another group is how he kind of presented it. And he kept saying, you know, it's anti-religion, it's anti-government, it's pure masonry. Uh, but really his intention was to recruit and to infiltrate uh, because he knew that there were a lot of very powerful players in the, the masonry. There were a lot mm -hmm. of very wealthy people, sure. very powerful people. So Yeah, even to this day, I mean, it seems like that's just, and it's funny because I know people that are Freemasons oh, yeah, now yeah. and it's like, I think low level is like, all right, yeah, it's so you know. I what are your thoughts for, on that? I'm pretty sure that the the Mason lodges were structured this way as well, but they do talk about uh so Adam Baisoff was a former Jesuit and he uh, he's like he he was a professor of canon law, which is kind of ironic because you know he rejected religion. Uh, but he was a he professor of canon law at uh Ingolstadt, Germany, and uh, he so he was uh trying to get you know this uh like group to grow mm -hmm. and uh i forgot where i was gonna go and go with that what did you say before oh just we were talking about like how even to this day like it seems like the low level people are pretty oh, innocuous oh, right. so because he was the but, because he was trained in by the jesuits yeah he copied the jesuit model mm -hmm. uh, he really loved their secrecy yeah. and he really loved their pyramid structure uh-huh and so he had you know himself of course at the top of the pyramid and then he had these different levels like you know the apostates mm -hmm. and uh i have got like the mysteries i think it was called mm -hmm. i'll have to look them up but so he had these different levels and the people the low level he figured the people were uh motivated by status sure secrecy was a way to kind of appease people into thinking that they were achieving some sort of status yeah and so everybody had secrecy, but of course, you know, the, the higher levels, uh, got to know more. And mm -hmm. this is a very kind of Gnostic kind of view. Uh, he was really enamored with the enlightenment movement. He rejected religion in favor of reason. And, uh, you know, it was very kind of Gnostic, like the, the, the desire to have the esoteric knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that was how he structured the Illuminati. So the people at the higher levels would be, you know, uh, privy to more kind of sure it's an effective way to get yeah. people like corralled in yeah you know i don't know i don't know
Yeah. I don't know. Like part of me really wants to create a secret society and like have like initiatory levels. Like, come on, you guys, you can be the like like a pyramid scheme. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, guys. Like, I don't know, but there's a part of me that's like, you know, it's a good idea. Kind of a good idea. You know, I don't know. I mean, we kind of organically do that. We form hierarchies and you know, business or just like your friends, yeah. like you have your best, your best. There's a difference between like a yeah. competence hierarchy yeah. and a, a top-down structure. Yeah, hierarchy. yeah, yeah. Like initiatory, like you need yeah. to be initiated. Competence so. versus dominance. There you go. That's really good. I like that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so so all right. So the big leap. So so actually, so let's go to this. So the Illuminati didn't last very long. So that's that's the theory. The, the theory, theory is the, the outward that, public facing right. Illuminati. So the theory is that in 1786 uh, there was a big raid and it exposed the Bavarian. Uh, it was ex exposed the ex sorry. It exposed the Bavarian Illuminati, um, and it it was mostly for like criticizing the monarchy too mm. mostly. That was a big part of uh, Illuminati. Illuminous because they wanted to, and this actually comes out of uh, Babeth. So Babeth was a very big influence. Who is this? On Babeth. I'm probably Balbeth. saying it wrong. Babeth. Babeth. How do you spell it? It's B A B E U F. Babeth. Babeth. It says, "Did you?" Oh, that's funny. It said, uh, "Safe search is off. You may see sexual explicit content." No, come on, Babe Ruth. Did you mean Babe Ruth? No. Bab B A B E U T H. No B E B O E U F. Babof probably. B E B. Babof. Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> Babe Ruth. It just wants Babe Ruth. It wants it. like this is some head hidden stuff here. How do you spell? Okay, hold on one more time. B A A B E U F. Oh, Francois Noel Babof. Okay. Yeah, Francois. Okay. Okay. All right. So what about this guy? Uh, so he, uh, so he had he laid out kind of like the steer the stages mm -hmm. for. Uh, he wrote something. It was called the conspiracy of equals. Okay. And uh, he laid out the stages of communism to, to get to communism. This was before Weishaupt. This is before Marx. Okay. So, but Weishaupt was very heavily influenced by him. And he was a very radical, uh, violent revolutionary mm -hmm. and he said that first you you start with the monarchy mm -hmm. so i i think that's just interesting because we see how even back then you know the dialectic plays out where they they prop up certain kinds of structures or institutions or groups or ideas so they can be torn down mm. uh, so with the monarchy that that would lead to liberalism which would then okay. lead to radicalism which then would result in communism. Whoa, that's an interesting. So what what is their definition of liberalism back then? Because we we have our definition today, and yeah. it's like it, it's so they they do a lot of talking about like liberty and equality. Okay, uh, but it doesn't mean what we think of. Sure, you know we think of uh, liberty and equality meaning like equal opportunity. Sure, but he really wanted. I mean, he wanted complete abolition of property. Wow complete abolition of property and he actually had this whole uh thing laid out where i mean it was really really just like so incredibly just horrifying to read it that's I crazy really find it for you but where he laid out these stages of you know where people would just be completely and of course it was like well you could you can just give us everything now or 
<laughs> or, we'll, or just wait and we'll come take it from exactly. you. Right? Yeah. Oh, God. That's basically how he laid it out. I don't know if I'm going to find it, but it was uh, it was pretty dark. I mean, that's so frustrating. Like, it seems like, I mean, just even the term liberalism, like, lib has like liberty at the root, you know, they right. just completely inverted everything. Whereas, so this like, is what I was going to say about when I first started looking at Marxism, mm -hmm. you know, did come through the Frankfurt School, but the more I started diving into this, I felt like it was a very uh, Gnostic, Satanic mm. philosophy. And I don't know how you can dive, go all the way through, you know, all of his uh, work and all of the mm -hmm. all of the subsequent philosophers, and not come to that conclusion. Okay, I, I, yeah. I, I like that. Let's let's stay on that for a second. So, like, okay. what do you, what in your mind is are like some of the tenets of like satanic worldview that correspond with Marxist philosophy? Um, that's a good question. Well, besides the fact that he literally wrote odes to Satan, I mean, he said <laughs> religion was the opiate of the masses. Yeah, and, you know, he hated the uh, Israelite faith. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and he, uh, he was said to be in contact with the uh, Shiloh mm. demon. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he literally wrote poems like, yeah. so besides from all that, what they do is they invert things, the inversion. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I see so much of that throughout mm -hmm. all of the kind of Marxist the inversion of like what is what is like good and like pure and like nature itself like going against nature like like you know that's just the you know you know christian belief being like you know it's just like brotherly love and do unto others as you would want done to you you know that sort of stuff and it's like but this is like and they say that but that's not what yeah, they mean yeah exactly and also it seems to me how it's just like pure just self-centered like like do as thou wilt type stuff right yeah. where it's like you know do whatever you want to do even if it hurts other people you know yeah yeah, yeah. so definitely the inversion uh there's also the this this you know like uh the reason over uh any kind of metaphysical mm. and that's a very gnostic view and that's yeah. a very I, I would argue is a satanic view okay but, you know uh, it's it's very luciferian mm -hmm. you know that we can just the name illuminate, right? Yeah. Like they thought they were getting closer to like esoteric knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Marxism really uh, indicates that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about, they, they just keep criticizing. Uh, they're going to get closer and closer through mm -hmm. analysis. And somehow they're just going to reason their way <laughs> yeah. through everything. Well, and then, so this is an interesting one too, that I haven't quite been able to reconcile in my mind too, is like, you know, we hear like Luciferianism, thrown around a lot and like yeah. i know in some of the uh free, like uh what's that guy's name i can't remember off the top of my head but the the like the one of the freemason texts actually is like you know talks about lucifer in in there you know so what what in your mind is the differentiation between like satan satanism and like uh well we all kind of have the idea of like like the church of satan where it's like all yeah. like these goth people sitting around and blah blah blah. you know what i mean like lighting candles and with their little pentagrams Which and stuff by the Which, way, Marx actually joined the Church of Satan. Interesting. But, yeah, but 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 like so what what in your view is the difference between like Satanism and like Luciferianism? And I've got I've got some distinctions too, but what are your thoughts on so that? So I I'm far from any kind of like biblical scholar. Sure. So I, I, I so but my interpretation is Satan is kind of more overt. Mm -hmm. It's like the overt dark, whereas Lucifer is the fallen angel and it's the light bearer. Mm -hmm. So I think you know, Satan's obviously a mas master of deception as well. Sure. But I think that 
luciferianism is kind of i think it's more deceptive people think that they're going towards the light but it's a false light yeah whereas i feel like so this is and again i i have no connections to affirm or deny this yeah. but i've heard from people who know people who have been in the high levels of interesting history, and they've said that once you pass 32nd degree which by the way both marks and angle were 32nd degree masons oh uh, when you pass 32nd degree, then you get this option and it, it's something like you can, uh, choose to like burn the cross or not. And if you choose to, then you go one direction and it's like a dark, you know, occultist. And then, you know, it's like overtly satanic. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't, then you go to essentially it's a false light. Like you think that, you, that you're kind of being misled, but either way you're going to the same, you're going towards the same goal. You're still furthering the same agenda uh, as for the group. And I, that's what I've heard from people who know people who have been interesting. In position. Yeah, I don't know if I've known anybody that's gone through the, the full 33. So very interesting. I, I've never met anybody who's been through the 33. I know people who know people who have. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, so that's it. Could be a game of telephone. I, I will, yeah, you know, concede that, but still, that is what I've heard, and still, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it totally makes sense. Like, it's still, the choice, right? There's yeah. still, uh, right, you know, but you're being, but that to me kind of highlights what I see as the difference between Satan and Lucifer. Sure, you know, either way, you're still, you're yeah. still going towards the dark, but one is just, and I think that the it's just the overt, like. I'm choosing evil and choosing yeah. when the other one is, well, I want to be closer to knowledge and I, the esoteric knowledge and I resent God for not, you know, giving me all of that. And so Interesting. You see, I mean, there's a certain appeal to the pursuit of esoteric knowledge. I mean, I can completely get on board with that. I mean, if mm -hmm. it was like an innocent thing, like, Hey, these are, these, this is information that, you know, you got to earn. You can't just walk in and right. almost like a college education or something or like going to a trade school. You got to earn it by putting in the time to like learn how to be an electrician or something, for example. Totally. But the difference is that they resent God because God limited man from mm, this knowledge. That's dark. Yeah. That's so it's wicked. really this idea. And you see that through these, you know, Marxist philosopher. You see mm -hmm. it in Hegel. You see it. You see it in Marx. You, Marx, you see it in, uh, you know, Heidegger. A lot of the existentialists, it's this idea that we've been trapped, that man is trapped in this world and he's limited and uh, he, he resents this, this fate. And I, you know, I think when I first read them, I never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. But now that I have a, a sense of the, you know, occultist view yeah. and the biblical view, it's so glaringly obvious to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wow. I mean, we could just spend a whole bunch of time talking about all this. I mean, that's fascinating. <laughs> it's fascinating, but uh, but uh, let, let's 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 go back to what we were going through here. So sure. this was uh oh crap, I closed it out. Dang it. Anyway, all right. So the Illuminati basically goes underground, rebrands itself, you know, fakes its own death, as like James Corbett likes to say. It just like faked its own death and kind of rebranded itself. It did. Um. So what what is your what do you what do you view as that transition period? Like what did it? So become? there were many offshoots, and yeah. uh, one of those offshoots was the League of the Outlaws. Okay, that was uh, the Parisian uh, offshoot in uh, 1834. It was Theodore Schuster and uh, Wilhelm Weitling. I don't know if I said okay. that right, but they were both inspired by again. I'm going to butcher the name Bornati. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bernardi wrote actually uh, books on Babeuf. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. our buddy. Yeah. Francois Noel Babeuf. There we go. Babeuf. There. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So they were they were friends and they were part of these groups together and they were both former they were they were Illuminati members that they started these offshoots and the one of them was League of the Outlaws. The League of the Outlaws was very short lived mm -hmm. and the League of the Just or League of Just Men mm. was another offshoot of that. Is that could that be another inversion perhaps? The League of Just Men. I think it was. I think they were the first social justice warriors to be. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I wow. think that's really what they were. Wow. I don't know about the first, but <laughs> overtly. You know? So they were, they were the social justice warriors. Like yeah, everyone yeah. needs to be. Yeah. Like, I mean, they essentially were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, the league of the league of the just and the league of the outlaws was also, they also copied the uh, Illuminati Jesuit pyramid structure where they okay. had this hierarchy and it was a secret society. Uh, and they, they took that from the Jacobins. But okay. Now I want to, I want to ask you about that because I'll, but, but before we do, I want to, I'm curious, do we know what happened to Adam Weishaupt? Like, did he, where, where did he, where, where did he go after all this? Do we know? Or did he just kind of disappear into the, That's, I don't, I don't didn't really follow what yeah. happened to him after the Illuminati dissipated. Yeah. I think, I think he just kind of like went underground and just kind of disappeared or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not well, sure. I don't think the Illuminati died. Um, no. And the, so with the league of the just Marx and Engels were part of the league of the just. Okay. And the league of the just commissioned uh, them to write, you know, this, it was originally the manifesto of, of communism of England. Okay. That's initially what it was. Okay. And they, uh, yeah, so they, and then they uh, also created the uh, Communist League. Okay. So it became the Communist League. Okay. So I want to ask you. It was 1940, it was 18, sorry, 1847 was League, League of the Just, which joined the Com Communist Correspondence Committee, which was formed in 1846 by mm -hmm. Marx and Engels. And then they formed the Communist League, which wrote the Communist Manifesto. But Marx's name wasn't actually put on it initially because they used the manifesto to spread it throughout uh, the masonry. They used the masonry as like a, a means of distribution. Okay. And once it started to get traction, then they put Marx's name. On okay. It. All right. So uh, you mentioned Jacobins, the Jacobins. I've heard that name and I know even today it has some like very strong, like communist connotations. Right. But yeah. what I don't really know. Uh, darn were, thing about it. So what is what is the, the what is it? It's a movement, mm -hmm. the Society of the Friends of the Constitution, the Society of the Jacobins. Like what are who are these guys? <laughs> they were very instrumental in the French Revolution. Okay. So the French Revolution's interesting. Uh you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole, but certainly the central bankers were very instrumental in funding uh the French Revolution and stoking tensions on both sides. Mm, uh, the we don't, Illuminati we... was involved in uh creating factions in uh the French Revolution. And uh, yeah, the Jacobins were one of the leading political movements. It says who is who's Jacob? Is there a Jacob that they named it after? Like who is this person? Do we know? Is it just Jacobin? I don't know. I think I don't know I don't who know. they named it after, actually. I don't know. And so, like nowadays, isn't there like some magazine? Yeah. Called the Jackman, and isn't this yeah, like the the? It's actually a good uh, 
they're they're a good resource. Oh, really? Just to show you an insight into the the communist mind? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. So when I read Marxist texts or communist mm -hmm. material, I read it at face value. You know, sure, like as if this is. I, I take their word for what they're saying, just like when I read Klaus Schwab, you know, yeah. I, I read it, you know, or you've all know Harari, I read yeah. it as if they, they believe what they're saying. Totally. <laughs> so I, yeah, I think the Jacobin magazine, it's a, it's not as like opinion oriented as a, I, maybe just the articles I've read. It, it feels like I'm just getting kind of the information. Sure. So, and whether I support or not is kind of irrelevant. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. So it's a good resource, folks. Yeah. There you go. It is a decent resource. Awesome. So, so the Jacobins, so the Jacobins, let me go back to this here. So we have the Illuminati, which flows into the Jacobins, which flows into the Parisian Outlaws League, which we talked about there and the League of Just Men. So now they commissioned Marx. So how, what's, what's Marx's background? Like where, where did he come from? So he he was a he, he was a son of a very like wealthy mm. family. So he came from a wealthy yeah. family. His oh, father was a lawyer. Okay, uh, <laughs> but much of his personal life has actually not really been revealed. Really? Yeah. Do you even think he's a real person? Yes, okay. I absolutely think he's a real person. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I definitely do. Um, yeah, I, I've read very conflicting information on like he did get his PhD or he didn't qualify for his PhD. I don't know. I, that's a kind of okay. serious. Um, but yeah, he was kind of a very bitter kind of guy. Uh, he was just kind of bitter that people didn't just pay him to just be. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, that could be frustrating. Yeah. Like, yeah I mean, yeah. It, it can, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So that was a, a, you can see that in his philosophies, though. You know, the that that's where a lot of the, uh, sentiment of he's a little entitled justice he's a yeah. little entitled okay he, he was Which very entitled absolutely. kind of kind of like the core tenant of communism is entitlement i would say right yeah you owe me everything i exist therefore you need to give me all of your stuff yeah well, I was <laughs> socialism and there socialism always leads to communism but sure yeah but communism it just ends in complete mass murder and destruction so totally and that's why we're here folks like we're trying to to i mean a lot of people know this stuff and i have no little glimpses of it but it's like and i know at the end of the day i mean you can judge a tree by its fruits and we know what like communist regimes end up creating but like to me man it seems like okay a perfect world would be really nice like if just me and a bunch of friends were to go get some property somewhere and we grow our own food and we like share the responsibilities and like everybody gets a cut from what we produce. And it seems like a beautiful utopian type of situation. I mean, how, how like when do the firing nowhere? Yeah, exactly. But then like, and then all of a sudden, like fast forward now, all of a sudden you got like firing squads and like starvation. It was like, ah, no, so guys, that's what a lot of these like things don't take. And I, I would say too, like, you know, tons of my friends are like anarchist libertarian, like all these guys too. But it's like a lot of it doesn't take into consideration like human nature, the human element. No, and that's no. where it all goes wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, in it, at the core, this is if if you believe that it is satanic, which it really looks like it is, they hate humans. Mm -hmm. They really do. They hate humans and they mm. just want to control them. And yeah. Uh he so interestingly, he so I think this is an important point because there's so much anti-Semitism right now. Yeah. And everybody points to 
Marx is one of the key that they point to the whole Jew conspiracy. So his family was Jewish. They actually converted to Christianity mm. and he rejected both of them. Sure. You know, he became a very uh, staunch atheist and then actually joined the satanic church, literally joined the satanic church. Mm. Uh, so, wow. yeah. So this is not like a, a Torah reading, God fearing Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I think people really need to understand that. Totally. I mean, it's worth mentioning here. You know, I've actually said the last two shows I've done, like it's come up, you know what I mean? It's just crazy how it's like in the public conscience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it really, it's just insane. And like my position, my stance has been like, I think it's weak to blame a whole group of people for your problems as an individual. And there's, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's, it'd be nice to just blame these guys, like the immigrants, all the immigrants. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The immigrants are taking our jobs and all this stuff. It's like, you know, I just like, you know, problems in my life are not a result of, the Jew, right? Like <laughs> right. in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, okay, so no. the victim, and that's the thing that bugs me the most is like victim consciousness, dude, people like falling into that. I just don't have any patience for that, you know? Anyway, all that to say, you know, it's, it's dangerous what's happening, but here, I want to get your opinion on this actually, mm -hmm. since we're on this topic. So it's weird that that whole anti-Semitism is like being mainstreamed, like, like almost like Kanye is being used as a vessel to oh, promote this out there. So trippy. Now, some of these parallels you can make in, in recent history, it was like 1930s Germany, right? Yeah. A lot of, uh, like, like that was a result of the economic turmoil that was happening was then scapegoated on this group of people. Are we seeing that exact same thing? Because we're, we're coming up on an economic crisis. Like, is it going to be the same thing where it's going to be blamed on Jewish people? What are, you, what are your thoughts? I don't thoughts? know if they're going to blame it on Jewish people, but it's interesting that actually... Uh, the different factions of the uh, Masons were mm. uh, kind of created this narrative. Interesting. Yeah, they were like the the nationalists and the globalist mm -hmm. uh, Masons, and uh, they 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 were the ones who like uh, promulgated this whole elders of the protocols of Zion conspiracy. Is that is that a, is that a real thing? Do you think the protocols of the elders of Zion or is that a, is that a hoax? It, no, they literally created it. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, okay. It, it was the, the Masons. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and they got spreading this around and it was okay. done literally to create a dialectic. Okay. It was death. And I think that's what we're seeing now. And I do think that, you know, whether I, I have no idea. I don't know Kanye personally, obviously. Sure. Um, so I don't know whether he's aware of it or not, but I think he is being used yeah. as a vessel. Absolutely. And I think he's being used to prop up this on now it's like an untouchable group so it's a, it's but this is the dialectic right yeah it's the people who want to hate the jews and they already do and so here's now just more fodder for them and now they're 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 spewing just nonsense i mean mm -hmm. a lot of them just sound like idiots yeah. because they're spewing things that are so far removed from reality mm -hmm. and if they just did a little diving into actual history they would see that a lot of these tropes that they're uh parroting are just so far removed from the truth but then you have on, on the other side uh, the people who are defending, you know, like, I don't believe in defending a whole group, you know, mm -hmm. blanket, like a blanket defense, nor do I believe in blaming them. You know, people are people yeah. and they're not untouchable, you know, just because they're, they believe a certain religion or they have a certain skin color that doesn't make you untouchable. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the dialectic. So mm -hmm. now it's like these people who are spewing these just nonsensical lies and it's just spewing more hate mm -hmm. that, that has already been there and it's promulgating it and perpetuating it. And then on the other side, it's the people who are like, you can't even talk about them. You know, it's a sacred group and it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I think everybody should be, but like, yeah. I'm not for the cancel culture. And I yeah. think it's being propped up in a way that 
it, it's creating this dialectic that is just to create these warring factions and ultimately it's going to end in, in in negation negation of speech yeah exactly the alien dialectic that's it and that's what i think the goal is the goal is to censor people that's it i mean it's a it's a crazy thing and it's just uh i mean i don't know i don't know man it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 brutal i mean i don't know we're in a crazy world right now we, we really are yeah 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 it's it's crazy. And just realize you guys, like it's just like somebody in that chat earlier said a really good, something oh. that really, really, I thought was, uh, I mean, it does seem like, okay, so what are your thoughts on this? What, when somebody says that there's a disproportionate amount of people who identify as Jewish people who like run the media, Hollywood, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, like, like finance banking, like what, what, yeah. what is, what, what is your response to that? When I, when there's a, a disproportionate number of people who are at the top end of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seemed to be, that seemed to identify as Jewish people. Like, I don't know. Well, I, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jews are one of the most persecuted throughout history, mm -hmm. right? So the ones who've survived have... They got grit. They got grit. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I think also there, I mean, there have been some studies done, like the... Ashkenazis on average mm -hmm. and they have like a 15 point higher IQ. Mm -hmm. Um, so and there are certain values that you know go along too. Like they really value education and they really value this is a blanket generalization. Sure. I'm not saying all of them are like this. I know plenty who are not. Uh, but I think that you know, those are things that and then certainly if that those things were if they came from families that valued work ethic that valued education and then had that were very intelligent mm -hmm. then maybe they achieved some success and they passed yeah. some of that down so you know is are there connections is yeah. there like you know i people want to make this out to be like there's some like big mafia that's running mm -hmm. things and you know yeah i mean there's like a you know, there's a cartel in Mexico that's running the drugs. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, there there's Italian mafias. Like, I, I think there is the top of in all different, mm -hmm. you know, totally. places. And and then free, you see that with Freemasonry too. Like, it's like yeah. it's like a in group preference type of thing. It's like you know, you're gonna hook up your buddy who's got like you know. And so like, there's the, there's the that thing too. about the this is where I have a problem with it though mm -hmm. is that when people talk about things like the bankers or yeah. they talk about. Uh, you know, even Hollywood, or mm -hmm. a lot of these people are not Jewish. M I, most of them have never picked up a Bible. That's what I'm saying. Like they're not, they're not, they're not religious. They don't believe no. in in God. They're Satanists. They're Luciferians. Yeah. And that's my big thing too. It's like, but they know the trick. There's a magic little trick that you can do. And I'm like, hey, that guy's raping a bunch of kids. And they go, oh, but the Holocaust. Oh, you can't talk about. It. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't attack me because of the Holocaust. And I can rape all the kids I want now. It's like it's like oh Jesus, right? I mean, is that yeah, a thing? Yeah, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, and that's yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. That's what I'm talking about with the dialectic. Yeah. You're making yeah. this like protected group, and then you're also perpetuating the hate towards that group. You're doing yeah. both at the same time. Yeah, I mean, what a win for the enemy. Like, I know. You need to stop playing into their hand, dude. It's brutal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're just falling for the trap. The trap is like the right trap. here, and they're just like, oh, let me step right in it. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> and this guy said, so this is somebody who said, uh, um, it's like, you know. They hide behind this this liability shield, the way I called it, right? And then and then when the locals get mad about uh, all this crazy stuff, they skip town and leave all the locals holding the bag, right? And then the, the persecution, like that's basically what we saw in like you know the 30s, like everybody left, went on to go do their crimes elsewhere, and and then blamed all these people. Yeah. And it's just like and said, okay, have at it. And it's like, it's yeah, it's and and, and it's crazy how similar. Like there's so many people talking about what we're seeing now is like the Weimar Republic, right? Yeah. 
you know, people that make those comparisons with like all the trans agenda and all just like the coming after the kids and just all this stuff. And it's like with a financial collapse and hyperinflation, it's like, it's the same thing is happening, man. Yeah. It's so crazy. Well, there's a lot of the same people are behind it. The same family. Yeah. Same, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's really kind of odd and really weird, man. Mm -hmm. But, uh, do you think, do you think maybe Trump is Hitler? Maybe Trump is going to come back and start. No, maybe. No, no I'm just I kidding. Know. I don't know, dude. I'm joking. But like <laughs> maybe Biden's Hitler. You guys ever think of that? Maybe Biden is literally Hitler. Maybe. I, I think Biden is a, a puppet. I know. I, yeah. I think that, I, but you know. Maybe Elon's he, Hitler. I think it's Elon. This country. I, I think mean, I think when he Elon. was lucid, he was. I mean, he co-authored the Patriot Act. Oh, totally. And the the crack, the, the crime bill. And uh, he was good friends with, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? Robert Byrd. Look into that one. Oh, yeah. Right? Like that like I, who was in the cake. Here we go. We're devolving into like a, the, <laughs> the hypocrisy of the left conversation. But it's just like, dude, Biden like did the eulogy at a guy's funeral who was in the KKK. We don't want to bring that. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. 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 I promise we'll do a solutions episode next time, guys. But no, we're not doing any solutions. No solutions like, today. No solutions today. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, but I think it's important for people to understand this stuff and yes. to know the origins totally. and that I, I mean, I know that's the, the theory is that, or at least the public story is that the Illuminati has dissolved and it's a thing of the past, but we do know that there are offshoots that have survived. And I, I kind of think that even if you want to buy the mainstream narrative that, the Illuminati is done. It's a thing of the path. The viewpoint, the worldview is absolutely still very much thriving. I sure. want to bring this up. Totally. Because this is just kind of astounding. So, you know, I was saying that essentially Marx was a plagiarist, right? Okay. He, yeah. Because he basically took this from Engels, who was working on this uh, book that he wrote, like the confessions of the communists that mm -hmm. he was basically stealing from Clinton Roosevelt, right? See, I'm not familiar with Clinton Roosevelt at all. So yeah, help, help me unpack this here. Okay. So I'm going to start with uh, Adam Weissoff had a seven point plan mm. for the Illuminati. Okay. And it's going to sound pretty familiar. So the first one is abolition of all order of governments. Okay. Mm. okay. Second one, abolition of private property. Ooh. Third one, abolition of inheritance. Fourth one, abolition of patriotism. Fifth one, abolition of the family. Okay, where did he come up with these? Like, what, what, what kind of like, where, where, where in his journey led him to think that it's advantageous to dissolve families? Like, what is that? Um. Well, I mean, I, I know it's just kind of a rhetorical question. Talk about this. Yeah. So he was very heavily influenced uh, by Babeuf. And the, he, there were many others that he was influenced. That was, I think, the most prominent one because he was such a radical revolutionary. Um, Look at this. Did you, have you seen Babouf? Look at this little dandy. Look at this little guy. Oh, wait, no. I have, this I, guy. Yeah. Look at him. He kind of looks like, like a witch. Yeah. Age 34, he looks like a little dandy fop. Like, what, yeah. is his, what is he doing? He's inciting violence. Yeah, exactly. Violent revolutions. God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. Um. And then abolition of religion, mm -hmm. and then the creation of the new world order. Okay, now is that their words? Did they actually use the term capital new no, world no, order? No, it was a uh, nuvos ordus uh, seclorum. Yeah, where have we yeah. seen that before, folks? Mm. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Dollar bill. Yeah, dollar bill. 
Yeah. Yep. Well, this is why I say that I don't think our founding was as pure as people like to think. Yeah. Although that was later, right? Was that under Roosevelt? Actually, what's that? The that they put that on the oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the pyramid in the eye. That's a good question. I thought that might, I mean, it's definitely later, right? It might have been Roosevelt. I mean, our, our and that's the other funny That's the other funny thing, too, is that like right now, our modern society, it's hard for people because it's actually kind of been normal for a long time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, our financial system, the type of currency that we use, like the paper dollars. You know, it's been kind of stable this way for a long time, but this is a relatively new iteration of humanity here. Where like like the, the currency system that we currently have is like like without except like this is very much the exception. Like throughout history, there hasn't been any sort of stable like currency that you could go and travel and exchange like throughout the whole world, like up until like 1913, really. Yeah. You know, and like and if you guys look back at like U.S. history, there's been multiple like central banks like throughout the history of the United States, even, even since the United States has been founded, there's been all sorts of different philosophies and ideas on how to even uh, have a currency. And it used to not be like a, a federal type deal, you know? No. And uh, I think was it, yeah, it was Jackson who kept yeah. arguing against the federal, the federal bank. Yep. And that's and, one of the fun, one of, one of the funny things and pointing out like how evil these bastards are is that they put him on the $20 bill. The guy that hated the the, the, the central bank currency, they're like, oh yeah, well, we're going to put you on our dollars just to rub it in. So every time you see a $20 bill, just know that guy was very much in opposition to that $20 bill. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're and rubbing they're it in like, his yeah, dead in his face. In his yep, face. yep, yeah. yep. I, I don't know. Didn't they kill him over it? Didn't he? Isn't he one of the people that got assassinated? Like like Jackson was one of the people that I... Well, I don't know. And I, I don't know. Andrew Jackson... Oh, assassination attempt. There you go. Okay. Failed assassin. I, I think that was like during a speech, wasn't it? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was during a speech. And he's like, and he was just like, didn't he? He just went on with the speech after they arrested the guy. I think I remember hearing that. So. I'm trying to anyway. The... First dollar bill. Yeah. When did, when did they? 1929. When the current one. But I don't know when they added the, the little Nuevo Seclorum. Right. Yeah. 1929 was the first dollar bill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Nova's orders Seclorum. Let's see. I was uh, I was watching the chat was popping off here. Oh. Yeah, we we like so Sarah. Shout out to Sarah Wagner. Thanks for the tip, Sarah. You're the best. You're always supporting the streams. Really appreciate it. Um. Yeah, we'll have to go back and check it out. Later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was yeah. If you can find that, I'm I'm looking it up. Okay. And then I'm going to go through this. Okay. Hit it. Okay. So I was talking about Clinton Roosevelt's book. And it was called The Science of Government Founded on Natural Law, published in 1841. And he was the cousin of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So his 12-point plan was abolition of private property, number one. That's so crazy. Two, heavy progressive income tax. Three, Abolition of all rights of inheritance. Three. Oh, sorry. Four. Confiscation of property of all immigrants and rebels. Five. Creation of a central bank. Mm. Six. Government control of communication and transportation. Seven. Government ownership of factories and agriculture. Eight. Government control of labor. Nine. Corporate farms, regional planning. 
10. Government control of education. 11. Abolition of religion. And 12. Abolition of the family as the basic social unit. Okay. And what was this again? This was a Clinton Roosevelt's book. Okay. And it was the uh, science of government founded on natural law. Whoa. Yeah. And he very heavily influenced Marx, right? Because Engels was writing the Confessions of a Communist, and it was basically taking it from this, and he was taking it from Adam Weishaupt. Okay. Man, okay. So who's this Clinton Roosevelt guy? He's the cousin of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, When, hold on, hold on. When was, hold on, when was FDR in office? Um, 33, March 33 to April 1945. And the Great Seal was added to the dollar bill in 1935. Oh. Yeah, I didn't think so. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. 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 Whoa. So the Illuminati. FDR straight Illuminati too, dude. Whoa. Crazy. Okay. All right. All right. So who, so tell me more about this Clinton Roosevelt guy. Like, where did he come from? Like, what is his deal? Like, why, why was he, let me, let's look him up here. Like, why does he have any influence in our, in this discussion? Well, because he was, because he wrote this book that was based off of Adam Weissop's manifesto. He was an American political lawyer, American politician, lawyer, and inventor. Prominent in the Roosevelt family. Yes. Okay. So was he, uh, is this guy like related to any of these um, societies that we mentioned? Like the. um, Was he in the uh, Illuminati or the Masons? League of Just Men or any of these things? I I don't know. Okay. Actually. Uh, Let's see. No picture of him, huh? Hmm. Interesting. I bet we could find that out pretty quickly, though. Um, Clinton Roosevelt. The Clinton the Clinton body count. Yeah. He was born in 1804. I'm sure he was neck deep in all these guys, with all these guys. For sure. Clinton Roosevelt, the science of government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Spooky. Spooky dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I think he was a Mason. Okay. I there don't you know go. if he was an Illuminist. But Okay. So so what about this angle? Roosevelt was a 32nd degree Mason also. Nice. Okay. So there you go. You guys heard it here first. Yeah. Clinton Roosevelt. Someone to look into in this. I've never heard of him. I didn't know about yeah. this piece of the puzzle. So good to know. Okay. So then Engels. Who is this Engels guy? I don't know much about him. Everyone hears about Karl Marx, right? Right. But nobody knows about Engels. Why do you think that is? I, I think because Engels was kind of the, like, hired hand. Okay. Well, I, sorry, he was the reverse, right? But but he was kind of the workhorse. So, weird. He kind of, like, funded Marx, but yet he also did a lot of the writing behind him. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. He was kind of both, right? Okay. Um, but he was uh, also from a very like wealthy, prominent family. I think his father was in like textiles, and uh, he was a uh, a philosophy. Uh, I, th- I think he had a PhD. I might be wrong on that, but he had a degree in philosophy. Okay. And uh, that's they met. I think it was 
where do they meet? I have this written down, I'm blanking. Um, manifesto. Yes. So was, uh, have you read the Communist Manifesto? I have, years ago. Years ago? What, what were your takeaways? What was your impression? Is it cringy? It's really cringy. Yeah? It's, yeah. Is there any good stuff in there? Like, how would people fall under the spell? How do people read that and be like, oh, this is great. We need to do this. I feel like you have to just be really bitter to enjoy it. Okay. You have to think like the world owes you, like everybody owes you. Okay. Um, I think you either have to be really bitter or so optimistic. Okay. You know, that it's all just going to work out really well. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody is just going to thrive and nobody is going to, there's, there's never going to be any inequality and mm. the people who are uh, in control just have your best interest always. Okay. So that you know? there's just some like very fundamental axiomatic things that people need to ascribe to yeah. in order to make these I conclusions. Think it's one or the other. Like you can't be kind of like this, you know, just, you know, critical eye kind of, yeah. but like, you know, generally optimistic kind of person and fall for it. I think that's, it's one of those two personalities. Well, it seems like if they were to like, if like the ruling class wanted to maybe sell it or if any of these like higher up people wanted to sell it, maybe they could just act trustworthy. Like just like 1%, mm -hmm. just like 1% trustworthy. Right. Like it's literally like they're, they're just so like the, uh, like negative a hundred percent. Like that's like the inversion, right? It's not just not trustworthy. Like right. literally just blatantly the opposite. Like it's just so far in the opposite direction. It's like, they don't, they don't just like tell you a lie. They just tell you the exact opposite in every single instance. It seems like it's just like every single time. Yeah, It's so crazy. Yeah. But then how to, okay. So how, I just don't know, man. It's just so it's mind boggling. So like, but we get labeled the crazy people mm -hmm. because we, we, we look at things we analyze things. We try to come to our conclusions yeah. and then, and then it's like, but it's the opposite of what they say. And so it's just, I mean, I know I'm just preaching to the choir here, folks. I mean, you all know what I'm saying, but it's like, dude, it's so crazy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm trying to find when they first met. I want to say it was like 1843. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, I think it was when he, when Angles joined the League of the Just. Okay. Now, where is this taking place? Like, where are the, where are these guys located? Like geographically? Are they, they're not in the United States, are they? Or no? no? They're in Europe. Europe, okay. Um, so I, I think uh, Marx was originally from Prussia, okay. Right? Uh, but most of this is taking place in you know what would now be Germany. Okay. So how did like okay? So Marx has his Communist Manifesto. You know, obviously we see Eastern European really adopt Eastern Europe, like really adopt these values and some other like European countries. But how did it get exported to the United States? Like how did like Marxism like first show up over here? And, how to how because it seems like you know the wild west cowboys like rugged individualism like america you know what i mean like how did that start to seep into our culture that was the frankfurt school okay so tell me about the frankfurt school yeah so i don't know i've heard of it i just don't okay. i just don't know i so just don't know the frankfurt school was so there was a meeting between mm -hmm. willie munzenberg uh lennon and uh, antonio gramsci in 1922 and Lenin was very concerned about how Marx was wrong. You know, they had this big revolution and it, it like didn't go and spread all throughout the West. And 
he was very concerned about it and he didn't understand why. And Gramsci said that it's because you're treating this like a uh, economic crisis and mm. that you're taking an economic approach to the revolution and that this has to be an infiltration through the culture. Okay. And they started off in, uh, in Frankfurt, Germany, and they uh, created the, it, it was uh, essentially, that's where the Institute for Social Research kind of began. And they started there. Then they went over to Columbia uh, University. That was where it went next. And I think it was 1923. Mm -hmm. I, I think they stopped off in England uh, for a short period of time and then went over to Columbia University. And the plan was to infiltrate through uh, academia mm. and culture. So through the five, the I guess, the all the pillars of society. So obviously the family needed to be destroyed uh, through entertainment, media, academia, religion, and uh, yeah. And like politics, right? Right, yeah, like, yeah, they yeah. really the, the Frankfurt School is really about culture. Okay, culture. It really was about infiltrating through the culture because they they knew that, you know, as Braver says, like politics downstream from the culture. Sure. So they really knew that if you could cap the culture because they were trying to get what uh, Gramsci called cultural hegemony. Okay. So if they dominate, it's essentially dominating the narratives. Okay. We really see this today. Yeah. Uh, but that's really what they were talking about. Interesting. And there were several waves of it. Uh, so I, I know anybody who has, has heard me talk, I talk a lot about Tavistock. Yeah. And Tavistock kind of bridged the two, uh, the Fabian Socialists and the Frankfurt School Socialists. There's a lot of overlap between the two. Oof. So that's another one I've heard. Like I heard Jay talk about the Fabian Socialists Fabian all Socialist. the time, but I just don't, oh man, I just have not done my due diligence on any of these. So the Fabian Socialists, uh, you know, they they were originally their mascot was the wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay. <laughs> and they became the tortoise. Wow. Uh, but they 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 were kind of the masters of incrementalism. This is why we always say the left plays the long game. Yeah. Because and they really do, and that's the that comes from the Fabian Socialists. They mm -hmm. knew that you had to uh, dose things very in you know in increments in order for it to then take hold. <sighs> you couldn't just you know do a massive kind of overhaul or okay yeah so it had to be slowly steadily and that's really so it's kind of a hybrid uh, approach and the frankfurt school did that to in, infiltrate through the culture mm. and there were several waves of it you know you had the the initial um wave and then you had uh with the new left right before the 60s so i, I would say kind of herbert marcusa would be kind of the the father of the second wave of the Frankfurt school. And uh, he was the one who uh, wrote uh, repressive tolerance in 1957. And he was the one who said, you know, you accept everything from the left and reject everything from the light, the right. That's mm. what repressive tolerance is. Jeez. So crazy. Well, said light, that's Freudian slip. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, it seems like their strategy is very effective, like incremental, mm -hmm. slow, patient, yeah. organizational, totally top you know it seems like it's very like but why 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 are we just got cut got completely caught off guard with all of this like it's just so crazy you know what i mean like do, do we need to then okay so it's funny i just i'm taking richard grove's autonomy course shout out you guys if you look in the episode description there's a link if you want to take richard grove's autonomy course check it out but one of the things that they're doing is Ryan is actually coming on and he's going to Ryan from the last american vagabond he's going to okay. be doing like some sort of like presentation or something and he came on there tonight to kind of like get feedback from 
the, the P and people that showed up being like, Hey, so what do you want? What, what can I do? What would be something that you wanted to see me put together in like a presentation type format? And a lot of people were shout, you know, throwing out ideas and a uh, big shout out to LD, the producer at Grand Theft World. He was there and he, he mentioned they brought up like this, uh, you know, the, the military, the army like uses like psychological warfare tactics campaigns. Like they make P they have like a PR department that puts out like videos to try to get people to join like their psychological operations team to like roll out psychological operations. And the question that LD brought up that I was like, wow, that's a good question. It's like, okay, so what are they doing? Is there anything that we can take a look at and learn from and take and extract and use for good? Like, like surely this can't just be this, you can't just be being steamrolled by these evil forces with all of their psychological warfare techniques and all of their cultural subversion and all that. Like, is there a way that we can like culturally subvert like good stuff back in and be like, you know, and, and just like, like play the long game and just be like, Hey guys, maybe you should have like a bunch of kids or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is there ways well, that I think there absolutely is if that, that whole psychological warfare, uh, you know, part of the uh, military industrial complex. Yeah. That, actually, that is Tavistock. Okay. Uh, that did originate with Tavistock. So uh, the Tavistock Institute, but they, it became Tavistock because there was a, uh, the Duke of Tavistock donated a building in 1921 to uh, specifically for shell shock research therapy. Mm. And that was supposedly to do testing on soldiers who were traumatized uh, after, you know, war. And they use that that research to weaponize trauma-based mind control. That's, mm. that's essentially what they did. Okay. And that that really is where a lot of that stems from. And totally. now I just feel like anytime they put a D in front of it, they have this carte blanche, carte blanche like black op budget yeah. for all sorts of research that does ultimately a lot of times get weaponized. But to your point in terms of the what good can come out of the I think Can we use their can we use their strategies against them is basically what I'm saying. I think it's less about using their strategies against them. I think it's more about reinforcing the uh the bulwarks. So you know people having stronger families, putting more attention into the nuclear family, mm -hmm. uh people homeschooling and yeah. restoring education. Uh, people instilling values in their children, you know, if that they're people of faith and they should, uh, you know, teach that to their children. Okay. So then there you go. That's how we counteract it is by yeah. strengthening these things that they're under, under attack, like uh, find weight. Okay. So the first one, heavy progressive income tax. So that would be us creating parallels, parallel economies, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that would be like barter trade, counter economics, those sorts mm -hmm. of things, right? Anything that we don't, I mean, that's income tax. Like, uh, so maybe, find so maybe everybody opts out because yeah, yeah actually opt out in mass for sure but you know look for like ways to exist like exchanging outside of the system right like yeah. look for ways to you trade your labor or services for huge, I, I mean there if people don't know the tax code and they they really do scare everybody i mean they now have project adrian with you know they're teaching the uh you know the the students if they mm -hmm. go into schools uh, who are of uh like accounting students who are going to work for the irs it's called project adrian and they teach them how to be armed and like you know to for tactical training wow. why, did, why does an accountant need tactical training is this the eighty-seven thousand new irs agents yeah, is that you're talking about? I, yeah. everybody thinks this is new project adrian started in uh 2016 okay 
So this has been going on for quite a while, but yes, it's grown and now it's much more public, but that's what they do. They start off kind of covertly and mm-hmm. nobody really knows what the project's going on. But the reason I bring it up is just because the, so much of what our taxes get paid towards, it's like, I didn't sign up for this. No. They're weaponizing against us. Yeah. We think that we're paying for military defense and then we find out that the, the enemy is somehow us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, they, well, yeah, they talk about the long game. Like they yeah. knew, like the whole Patriot Act. I mean, this was they 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 were setting these things up for a long, long time. But just looking at these real quick, like actually looking at these, like really the answer to all of these is like build your own communities, man. Build your own like communities, like high trust communities. You know, skills, resources, like within your community, in group. We could have our own in group preference. Like we don't need to transact with people outside of our little community so that's that's what it is guys like all of it decentralization decentralizing yeah because central bank uh control communications and transportation when we need to have our own means of communication and transportation um owning the factories and agriculture well we need to grow our own food and make our own make our own stuff Mm -hmm. right control the labor like start our own businesses right um corporate farms regional planning that's null and void if we're if we have our own like infrastructures in place Government control of education, so that's easy. Homeschool, we talked about that. Abolition of religion, just, you know, look for ways to reinforce your faith, whatever that is, you know, exactly. And then abolition of family and basic social unit. No, we just reject that wholeheartedly, you know. So it seems like you're right. That's a great way to put it. It's like, so reinforce these things that are in place and build community outside of these bastards. They don't get to do this to us. They don't get to do this to us, no. you know. And uh, thank God we have resource tools that we can learn and educate ourselves with while we still have access to the internet and there's still like yeah. books that we can get you know and we have you know valuable resources of people like you that have done the research because well, i don't know like a lot of this stuff you know and so yeah. the more we can get the word out there and share and let the people know I research the more i find out i don't know I, right I mean that's just how it goes that's just how it goes so yeah i was telling him that when i started doing this what i realized is really what we need is a whole back history on the masonry because there were okay. so many warring factions that led to you know, certainly the French Revolution, but yeah. uh, they also just paved a lot of the way for uh, the ideological uh, dialectics that are going on today and for the Illuminati to be an infiltrator. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, but I mean, do you have hope? Do you have hope? I do. I do too. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just like white pilled across the board. Like, this is the most exciting time to be alive. It's just like, it's like a, it's like a show, man. It's every day, every day I wake up and <laughs> Okay, so here's here's one of the other things too I want to get your thoughts on. Okay. We'll probably wrap it up here in just a minute. Okay. But uh one of the things that uh I've heard a lot about is like, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, the communists is like this is the big communist takeover here in the United States or the socialists, but it's more a different flavor. It's 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 there's more technological element to it, right? It's the fourth industrial revolution component so to it. I, so yeah. what are you what are you seeing? Like do you, like the technocracy, right? That yes, that's what that's it is, what right? Seeing. It's technocracy where it's like socialism mixed with like complete like panopticonic control on all on all levels what are your thoughts on that yeah so what and and they predicted this and and when you look at the uh writings of the elites you know they say they're pragmatists they don't say they're ideologues Mm -hmm. and what i think is again it's the the dialectic i know i sound like a broken record but it but it is because they pit uh you know the monopolistic capitalism up against the uh socialistic communist structures and they're they're really doing this so that they can both be you know competing factions and then ultimately 
they're going to come in with their big solution and their big solution is the technocracy. Mm -hmm. Technocracy is the ultimate end goal. And that is going to just result in if they get their way. I mean, they, they essentially want a feudalistic mm -hmm. AI controlled uh, technocratic takeover and, and a post-human world. Yep. They're going to do a transhuman uh, interim. I think that that's the segue is the transition pun intended. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately they want a post-human world except for them. Although I don't know, maybe even them because you know, they, they want to live forever and, you know, have all these bionic enhancements. So sure. I mean, it's very much the ide ideology too. Like, Oh, I'm bad. I'm gross. I'm awful. I'm filthy. I need to be exterminated for the greater good or just be, you know, whatever. I mean, like, well, my, my white skin makes me horrible person and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like okay. all that, all that crazy stuff. Like they, like the, the, again, just like self-flagellating, like they don't really think that they yeah. think that they're, you know, they, they think they're God. Exactly. Yes. Yvonne says, I mean, his book is, uh, you know, Homo Deus, it's God, man, God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And well, think, and he says it, he says that they will become gods only. They will supersede the, the biblical God because they will be able, the biblical God can only create organic material, but they mm. can create inorganic material. Ooh. So they, they supersede the, the God of the Bible is what they say. Well, they're going to find out. <laughs> they're going to find out. They're going to find out at the end of the day when there's, when the, when the robots malfunction and can't make their like, you know, pumpkin spice lattes. Right. They're gonna they're gonna be in a world of hurt. They'll be like, ah, oh, damn it, we killed all those seven billion people. Damn it, dude. I don't even know how to make pumpkin spice. Like, I don't even know, man. <laughs> so terrible. Yeah. Or what happens when right now they're doing all this data collection? Mm -hmm. And what happens when they realize they, they have no idea how to use it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's just no way of computing the yeah. amount of data they're collecting. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's true too. I mean. <laughs> Uh, another reason why I think that there's not going to be like this big collapse because they're going to have to be, you know, they're going to have to like survive too. like the way we visualize this Mad Max environment. Like they're going to have to be a part of that too. Like, unless well, they, they just seem to think they're out, outside of it. What, what really worries me is the digital currency. Yeah. That's oh yeah. The ultimate, you know, surfdom. And yep. that is the technocratic takeover. Yep. Well, that's going to be where, where the final showdown happens because like there's nobody the only people that'll go along with, okay, well, so that's, that's one of the things I've heard too, is that they're going to deliberately collapse the system yeah. and they're going to say like, everybody's 401ks are going to get wiped. Everybody's all their wealth and savings that's kept in a bank and like on a, on a balance sheet, on a computer screen, like all that's going to be wiped. And they'll be like, well, we can give you a percentage of it back in the form of these digital, digital dollars. And people are going to jump at it and they're going to buy into it instantly. I so, think that, yeah, I think. They're definitely going to try and collapse. I mean, the dollar is already, I mean, the petrodollar is kind of yeah. collapsed and BRICS is now doing their digital currency, but it's backed by gold and yeah, yeah. it's really scary. So, well, I don't know, but it's fine though, because we're going to, we're just going to keep crushing in our little communities and we're yeah. going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Well, I mean, really, if there is no, I mean, I think it'll take time and I don't, I'm not saying that the interim will be pretty, mm. but the end game if we really kind of rebuke the entire fiat currency system it would actually be a much better way of life i mean people would be rewarded for their actual labor and for yeah. their talents and for and they would actually be connected to their communities yeah uh, that would actually be in some ways a much better system yeah that there is a paradox in there because like on both sides you know go all the way i mean not all the way back but like an example would be like the uh, 
what was it? What was it in the 2010? It was like the 2008, the crash. Well, there was the crash, but then there was like the the, the, the sit-ins where they had all the God. Yeah, well, yeah, it was like the, what was that? No, 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 no. Like the uh, damn. Why am I blanking on this? It was like the big movement, like the Wall Street sit-ins, or like everyone's like like the one percent. Damn, the one percent. Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, that was before 2008. Oh, I thought that was like after. Okay. Anyway, but like you know what I mean. So like you know, and that's what you would visualize as like a traditional like left movement, like to to get rid of this damn evil banker Wall Street currency, all this crap, right? So it's like, yeah, it would be great. And then of course like Ron Paul and the Fed, mm -hmm. you know, like like on both sides, everyone's trying to get, you know, figure out a different monetary system than the one that is so oppressive that exists right now, right? Yeah. So, but it's oh, like no, you're right. It was to, to 2011. Um, what was so weird to me about the Occupy movement, and I know. Tim Pool has actually talked a lot about this. Yeah, I've heard him talk about um, it. Too. And it, uh, he thinks that it was co-opted and infiltrated. I kind of think that may, that might make sense, but I just I never understand. I'm like, so you got like the concept right, but you got the target wrong. Yeah. You know, like they think like the the man, the the, yeah. the corporate boss was the enemy. I'm like, no, no, like you you got this so wrong. How did you get this whole thing right? But you got like the target so wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so not Wall Street. You wouldn't go after Wall Street. Where would we? Where should we occupy? The federal Bank or the Federal Reserve? Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve. The central banks. I mean, they're pulling all the strings. Okay. Uh, yeah. Arguably, they're they're really. I mean, yes, the web is so big now, and there's so many different arms. Yeah. But they're the funding machine. Yeah. And I mean, they're the ones behind the digital currencies too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Wall Street. Wall Street are just like an arm of them. I sure. Mean, they, I think Wall Street right now is terrified. Yeah. They don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. I think that they're trying to lie through their teeth to their clients. Yeah. Um, you know, and they're desperately clinging to the old system and trying yeah. to tell them, you know, yeah, well, there's going to be a bear market and then you're going to be up at the end. I mean, they're just, they're just viewing rhetoric. Like, yeah. you know, it's just this, and, and they're just hoping that it gets sold. Yeah. And then people keep buying in and don't pull out. And that they don't just lose everything and their jobs, you know. I, yeah. I think Wall Street is terrified, but Wall Street is at the mercy of the central banks. Totally, totally. And then that's the other thing too. Talk about like communism. Like we have communism, but it's like for corporations. Corporations get all the communism, right? They get to, they get to profit all day long. Blah blah blah. Happy go lucky. And then if anything hits the fan, then oh, here's a bunch of like corporate capital or communism. Here you go. Here's a bunch of free money. You know, bail out, bail out this, bail out that. So, so yeah, it's communism for them, but not for you folks. So I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Fast. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole damn thing. The whole damn thing. All right. Well, we Courtney. Any questions for? Uh, let's see. Let's go through the chat here real quick. Right. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? All right. So, anyone know what kind of plane has four engines on the tail? Oh, this is just a question. I don't know. Someone hemp car says the founding fathers were masons? Question mark. Yeah. 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 Founding a fathers were masons. Them. All I mean, of them. George Washington was a mason. Yep. Uh, let's see. A dingo ate my baby. I, haven't, and I, haven't... I just want to say they were not, it was not a Christian nation. <laughs> they, this country was not founded on Christianity and they never intended for it to be a theocracy. I wrote an article on this. A lot of them were deist. And very interestingly, that's one of the prerequisites for uh, the masonry. It's to believe in some sort of higher power. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But the, not necessarily to be a Christian. Christian or, yeah. You know, they call it the architect, right? Or something yeah, like the in, grandmaster in, architect. Yeah, and in, in masonry. Okay, so a dingo ate my baby. Says you were talking about what is called cultural Marxism, which was created by the deep state in the seventies to sidetrack leftists from economics into ID identity politics and cutting your bits off to be a girl. 
The Sandinistas are Christian Marxists. It is in their motto. Same with Venezuelans. It's not satanic. Sarah Wagner, big shout out to Sarah. Sarah's a huge supporter, dude. I got a lot of love for Sarah. Yo, Dingo, good points. The hemp car says, again, the workers own the means of production. I heard atheists can't be Masons. There you go. Just like you said, yep. The manifesto he and Engels wrote does suggest no need for church. Look at the church, dark ages, Spanish Inquisition, malleus, maleficorum, child sexual abuse, death camps, and abduction for native kids. There you go. Dingo my baby replied, said there are many, but it started with the Boeing G. Oh, so for the four, four engine jets. I don't know how that came up. I don't know. Uh, Hempcar says Father Romero killed by CIA backed squad, sister Diana Ortiz tortured by us backed U.S. backed forces. So no questions, just some uh, comments. And, and awesome. thank you guys for hanging out. I'm so glad you guys yeah. had a good time like uh, this. I learned a lot. I feel like we need to do follow up episodes on Fabian Socialists, Tavistock. And Freemasons. Freemason deep dive. Yeah. Let's do all of it. Let's do all of it. All right. Let's all right do so it. I got three, three shows on the books already, folks. All right. And I love your studio. Like, and, and by the next time we get to do it, we're, we're just going to start cranking. You guys, so much cool stuff is happening. Like, we're about to hop off of this onto a conference call with our buddy Frank Cavanaugh. We yeah. got we got concerts. We got new media companies, Pirate Stream Media. Ryan was talking yeah. about that during the thing. So the cat's out of the bag. We got a lot of cool stuff in the works, folks. 2023 is going to be our year. And, and that and that just means, you know, bring all the guys along with us, you know, like we want to create a, a, a place for more content creators to put stuff out. And even what Ryan was saying was like, and this was his philosophy when, when I started partnering with him, he's like, you know, I've got all this infrastructure set up. So it's like, you can help, you can jump in and use it so that you're not starting from like ground zero. Cause I was literally like, by the time I got here, I was like this rebunk show. I just relaunched the show in like January. So it was like a brand new show. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I want to help you out. And like, that's the philosophy that, that I feel like this is, this is going to have is like, we want like, it's kind of communistic a little bit. Like we want to help people out. Well, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's community, <laughs> it's versus, community. Communism. community versus communism. Like that's, yeah, that's at the end of the day. Difference. Yeah. You know, that's a, yeah. It's voluntary. We're not, it's not top down forced. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's just, I'm just so excited. I'm so grateful. Courtney, you're such an awesome, like arbiter of truth. And I know you just have like a passion for this stuff like nobody i've ever seen if you guys don't know if you guys haven't checked out the courtney turner podcast you do like three episodes a week with think, like yep. like the highest level guests like people i'm always like courtney help me get this guest help me get this guest right and, and and i know that she's just so busy all the time producing content connecting with people traveling all over networking like you're just like you're in it for real i'm just like very very grateful for all the work that you do so how do people find the courtney turner podcast it's the Courtney Turner podcast on all platforms. Uh, my website is CourtneyTurner.com. I spell my name like Courtney. Tenay. T-E-N-A-Y. Yeah. Exactly. So mm -hmm. I'm on Rumble, Rockfin, BitChute, Odyssey, all the audio platforms. And uh, and I'm active on Instagram as Kinetic Courts. There you go. And anything else you want to shout out? What about your uh, uh, whim show? Yeah. So I actually have a call tomorrow yeah. with uh, someone I might be partnering up with for cool. WIM, which would be super exciting. Tell us what WIM is. exactly. So it's a WIM stands for what is movement. And it's a show where we explore ways that movement helps people to heal emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Uh, the first episode was based on me, my personal story. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the story goes that I was born with congenital rubella, which rendered me with several physical complications, some including like unilateral blindness, bilateral hearing impairment. I had heart surgery when I was a year old. I was born with hypotonic limbs, fine graphic motor impairment, stunted growth, all sorts of complications. They told my mom the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. 
So we obviously did not listen, but no, and she's like a high level athlete now, like that does all kinds of cool stuff and it's very inspiring guys. So thank you. Cool. So yeah. So I talked to other athletes and, uh, I talked to them about their, their story and find ways that movement has helped them to overcome adversity in their lives. So beautiful. Awesome. Shoot. Anything else, Courtney? No, I think that we're good. All right. We crushed. Yeah. You're good. All right. All right, guys. All right. We'll take it easy. We'll see you next time. And I need like a sign off. I don't have like a sign off thing yet. So it's just like, like Ryan's always like, like, uh, question everything. Stay vigilant. Oh yeah. Like all that like, stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't have one dude. So we'll figure it out. It'll happen organically yeah. and then we'll never go back. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right guys. Peace. We'll see you later. Thanks for watching. Bam.